0: This week's partial Perspective is in honor of our homeland, Eretz Yisrael, May Kodesh Baruch Hu, may God protect our brave soldiers, and may God return all the hostages from Gaza immediately. This week's partial Perspective is in honor of the Rafu Shalema, of our Reva ben Shoshana, and Hinda Bas Adol, and all those who need to experience a speedy and complete recovery. This week's partial Perspective is in loving memory of Edward ben Ephraim, Shlomo ben Edward, and Yoachimiel Danil ben Gedalia. May their souls be uplifted, and may their memories be a blessing. This week's Torah portion is Parsha's Kisisa, We Want You. Our Parsha tells us a story of perhaps the biggest lapse of judgment in our history. A sin that caused God to want to destroy that generation and begin anew. A sin that thousands of people died from and is felt till this very day, the Igla Zahav, the sin of the golden calf. Last week's Torah portion concluded with God calling Moshe Rabbeinu up the mountain to study Torah for 40 days and 40 nights. But some people miscalculated the date and thought that Moshe had died on Harsinai on the mountain. And they convinced many others that Moshe Rabbeinu had passed on and it was time for a new leader. They turned to Moshe Rabbeinu's brother, Aaron Akoin, Aaron the high priest, and told him to create a leader, to create a golden calf so they may worship it. And having no choice, Aaron Akoin collected gold and threw it into a large fire. And as some of the Jewish people began to dance around the fire, the gold developed into a form of a calf. Mishra Rabbeinu headed down the mountain with the first set of tablets, the first set of luchas that God himself wrote. And when he saw the Jewish people celebrating around the golden calf, he threw the luchas to the ground and shattered them instantly. Moshe burnt the golden calf and grounded it into a fine powder. And then he went to the Sheva Levi, to the tribe of Levi, and said, Join me and defend God's oneness and God's wisdom and defend the Torah. And the entire tribe of Levi joined him as they punished those who sinned with the golden calf. And after punishing all those who sinned with the golden calf, Moshe Rabbeinu turned to God and begged for mercy. He told God to remember the promise and the covenant he made with our forefathers, Avraham, Yisraq, and Yaakov. He told God that if he was to destroy the Jewish nation, God should erase his name from the entire Torah. And God ultimately forgave the Jewish nation and revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu, the Yud Gimel HaRachim and the 13 attributes of mercy we say each day. However, a question comes to mind. Following the punishment of those who sin with the golden calf, Moshe Rabbeinu leaves the Jewish people's camp. The Pasuk writes, And Moshe Rabbeinu took his tent and pitched it far outside the Jewish nation's camp. But what made Moshe move his tent to live outside the Jewish camp? Why does the Torah state and specify where Moshe relocated after receiving forgiveness for the Egel for the Golden Calf? Why did Moshe leave and seemingly withdraw from his people when they needed him most? Rashi, Rav Shlomo Yitzchaki, the leading Torah commentary, gives a simple explanation. And he writes that Moshe Benu wanted to be able to speak with God at any moment. But because of the sin of the golden calf, the Eagle Azov, God was angry with the Jewish people and therefore His presence, His glory, His Shekhinah would not appear within the camp. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu moved this tent and pitched it outside the Jewish camp so God could appear to him and speak with him and give him direction. At the end of this Pasuk it states And Moshe called it the tent of meeting. And therefore everyone who wished to speak with God would go to the tent of meeting outside the Jewish camp. However, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs of Blessed Memory gives a deeper and more profound explanation in his book, Covenant and Conversation. He writes that Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't have left the Jewish camp at a worse moment. The Jewish nation was deeply distressed, deeply heartbroken, and sad. The fact that they committed such a grave sin, such a rebellion against God, the Pasuk before Moshe Rabenu leaving details how the nation was grieving and mourning because of their inactions. And it may seem like Moshe Rabenu left his people high and dry, he left his people when they needed him most, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Rabbi Sachs writes that Moshe Rabenu begged God for mercy, that he should have compassion on the nation that he took out of Egypt, and God responded with basic forgiveness, but also distance. He tells Moshe that from now on an angel, a malach, will guide them to the Promised Land. The Pasuk writes, V'shalach li a malach, and I will send an angel in front of you. But Moshe Rabbeinu would not allow that distance to become permanent, to become the norm, and he relocated outside the Jewish camp to begin a new approach. He was in effect saying to God, What the people need most is not for me to be close for them, for I am just a human being, here today, gone tomorrow. But you, our Father in Heaven, are eternal. You are their God. They need you to be close to them. As Rabbi Sachs puts it, Moshe Nu said to God, the Jewish people need to experience not only the greatness of God, but the closeness of God. Not only the powerful force that struck the Egyptians with plague after plague, bringing the world's greatest empire to its knees. Not just the God that is heard in the thunder and lightning on top of the mountain, but God as a perpetual presence in the valley below. The Pasak further details Moshe's protest of the angel by asking God to express himself with the ultimate expression of closeness. He says, Show me your way. If I have found favor in your eyes, please let me know your way. And then he continues, Show me your presence. Show me your way. And God responded to Moshe Rabbeinu that no one may see his face and live, but his presence will return to the nation's midst. Rabbi Sachs concludes that aside from the Jewish nation, no culture or religion has held God in as high as regard and yet feels as close to him. The Kabbalistic poem Yedid Nefesh describes the intimacy between God and his chosen people. Please do not hide from me. Reveal yourself and spread the covering upon me, the shelter of your tranquility. Illuminate the earth with your glory and we will rejoice and we will be happy and festive. Hurry, my beloved, for the time has come and be good to me like days long ago. As we read in painstaking detail the greatest sin of our history and the consequences stemming from it, we begin to discover and learn the depth of our connection with our Father in heaven the master of the universe. HaKodesh Baruch I will conclude with an essay called Letters to the Next Generation by Rabbi Sachs a Blessed Memory. God is close. God is here. God is life. And therefore celebrate life. Sanctify life. Turn life into a blessing and make blessings over life. And that is Judaism in 25 words. Have a great weekend and good Shabbos.